Our scripture reading this morning is from James chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation, and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flowers fall, and its beauty perishes. So also with the rich man will fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. The prophet Isaiah declares that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I never would have chosen to have next to no money in my first few years of marriage. I, in fact, during that time, I was so terrified about our finances, or really lack thereof. And yet, during that time, God did something to grow Emily and I in our faith. That time pushed us to prayer, asking for God to help us make ends meet. It pushed us to depend on him to meet our needs rather than depending on ourselves or the money in the bank, as we often tend to do as humans. It reminded us who really meets our needs. Not our jobs, but the Lord. And through that time, we witnessed God's faithfulness as he did indeed provide for us. Now, I would never want to go back to that particular time in our lives. But God was there. God was there. He was growing our faith and our trust and endurance in the midst of a difficult time. Now, today we're beginning a series on the book of James. James is an epistle, which is a fancy word for letter, originally written to Jewish Christians who were spread throughout the world. And this book may actually have been written by James, the half-brother of Jesus. 
Uh, because actually, Mary and Joseph, as we read in the Gospels, they had other children. They just weren't God, like Jesus was. And the book of James is often called the Proverbs of the New Testament because it has very practical wisdom for us. And I think we'll find that James has a lot to say to us as Christians in the 21st century. For instance, when life gets tough, what do you do? Well, our scripture tells us to count it all joy. Really? Really? Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Admittedly, that is the last thing you want to hear when you're going through something difficult. But, as we read on, we find that there's actually great wisdom in what James says here. Life is full of difficult times. But as Christians, we can have joy even in the midst of trials because God will use them for good. Now, joy in trials is not happiness at a bad situation. Rather, it's contentment at what God is doing in and through it. We're to consider it a joy when facing trials, not because the trials are fun or good, but because of what they produce in us. James isn't saying we should be happy that we're going through something awful. He's not telling us to say things like, I'm so filled with joy that my dog died, or that I was diagnosed with cancer, or that my boss is Satan's cousin. That stuff is awful. It is hard. It is difficult. No one wants that. And we're going to grieve. We're going to have all sorts of emotions through that time, and that's okay. The people of Scripture had those things as well. And God can handle it when we're crying out to him in pain and in honesty because that is not an act of doubt. That is an act of running toward God. That's an act of faith. And so I don't think James is trying to minimize our suffering or our struggles. I don't think he's trying to say, it's really not that bad, y'all. What he's trying to do is show we can have a different perspective, that we do not have to give in to despair we can look beyond the trial in front of us to what God is doing in us. To how God will even use this tough time somehow, some way, to mature us as Christians and draw us to him. What we're going through may be far from good, but what God is going to do in it will be. Now we all know that our tough times can certainly test our faith. And the question that we're confronted is, how do we respond? Will we turn to Jesus in that time? Will we depend on the Lord? Will we run to him or away from him? Will we hold on to the truth of scripture with passages like Psalm 23, 4? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Or Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Or Romans 8.28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. God will never leave us, and somehow he will even work the worst things out for good. 
Now, if you're anything like me, you may not always respond well to difficulty, right? There are times that we, we fail these tests, we fail these trials, we look to other things instead of God, we forget that he's there even, or we try to fix things ourselves and we wind up making a mess of things. But even then, even in our failures, we can go to God and ask for forgiveness and we can learn from them. We can be reminded, you know what, I didn't run to God this time. But now I know that's what I need to do. And the next time, we can do better. We can grow. And the trials that we go through produce perseverance that lead to our maturity in Christ. Verse 3 tells us, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. As we endure trials, trusting in the Lord, we build more and more perseverance, more and more endurance in our lives. And when we let that endurance have its full effect, it leads us to being perfect and complete. Now, those words are not talking about like absolute 100%, you're an absolute perfect person. No, the idea there is that you have become mature, that you have then what you need through the things that God has brought you through in order to live the Christian life. Each and every difficult situation is an opportunity to depend on God and grow in our faith. Now, how exactly does that happen? How can difficulty produce endurance in our lives? Well, I'll give you an example. We can see this in training for a marathon. When you first start running, you're out of breath really quick. And yet the more you train, the more you push yourself, the more endurance you build. You go from being able to run for maybe a minute and then being completely out of breath and and keeling over to being able to run for a whole mile, then two miles, then three. You build up your endurance to the point where you can run that marathon. Now, anyone who has trained for a marathon will tell you that that is not a pleasant thing to do, training for a marathon. But by doing that, you build more and more endurance, little by little, day by day. In the same way, our trials produce endurance in our lives, leading us to maturity and faith. They drive us to depend on God in all things. Because then they produce endurance that leads to spiritual maturity, we can consider it a joy when facing them. The trial and the pain, again, it may not be good, but how it can grow and transform us. That is what is good. That is what we joy in. Blogger Kristen Weatherall writes, we do not count trials as joyous, just as a mother does not call the pain of labor and delivery pleasant. Rather, we count what God is doing in and through those trials as joyous. And what is he doing? Increasing our faith, making us like himself, teaching us Christ-likeness molding us into spiritual maturity. We can count trials as all joy because trials train us in godliness. Unless there is labor and delivery, there is no baby. Unless there are trials to test and train our faith, there is no faithfulness and little fruit. We can endure because our suffering isn't useless and our God is at work in the midst of it. 
And we also have an opportunity to trust and depend on God and see him work in the midst of that trial, to see him work in ways and be faithful to us in ways that we never would have witnessed otherwise. It's also very important that when we go through difficulties in life, that we seek the Lord in prayer. And James talks specifically about seeking the Lord and asking for wisdom. God's wisdom is way greater than ours. We may think we know what to do, but God knows what we need to do. God, how do I walk through this pain and hurt according to your ways? God, how do I handle this? What are you teaching me through this? How do I get through this? What are you calling me to do at this time? God will give us wisdom in our lives when we ask for it in faith. But as James tells us, in order to receive from God, we need to trust that he will give us what he promises. And so we're seeing so far in this scripture that we're to count our trials as joy because of how they mature us and to seek God's wisdom. And really that leads to the conclusion that we need to keep pressing on, keep persevering. Verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And this verse makes me think of Finding Nemo. You know, the fish Dory that forgets everything, but the one thing she can remember is just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. It's the same in our faith life. Keep trusting, keep pressing on, Don't walk out on the Lord, rather trust in him. Keep going. Our trials do not last forever. And in fact, when we encounter trials, we are able to persevere by looking to the Lord, our greatest example of persevering through trials. Jesus is the greatest example of suffering and endurance leading to life. Hebrews 12, 1-2 says, Therefore, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. In trials, We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. He understands what we're going through. He is our strength, and he is our assurance of hope beyond them. He, though he did nothing wrong, was crucified and died in order to save us. But he was also raised from the dead, as we too who trust in him will be. Trials do not have the last word with the people of God. And finally, there's an eternal benefit as we persevere in faith through trials. We are blessed in persevering because, as verse 12 says, when we have stood the test, we will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Now, the crown James is talking about is a leafy crown that they used to give to victors in Olympic games in ancient Greece. It was a mark of victory, a mark of honor. And ancient athletes endured in their sports to receive that. We endure 
because by enduring in faith, we receive life eternal with God. We endure and we wind up being with him forever. Because eternal life is life that goes beyond death and lasts forever. And so knowing these truths then, keep pressing on. God has given us the greatest gift of life in Christ. And even though we may struggle for a long time, and I know so many of us have been struggling for a long time in many things, God is with us and he is growing us. Keep pressing on. Keep persevering. We can have joy in the midst of trials, knowing that he is working and that we can rely on him and he will not leave us. We may not always be happy when we're going through difficult stuff, but we can have confidence in the Lord even in the midst of trials. Keep pressing on. Let us pray. Lord, you know that life can get messy. Difficulty can come with, without any notice. And all of us struggle with something. We pray that in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our struggles, that you would show yourself faithful as we know you are. Help us to have joy even in trials because you can give us that joy. Help us to hold on to the truth of what you're teaching us in the midst of difficult situations for only you can take bad things and somehow make good things come out of them. Lord, help us all in the midst of our trials to keep pressing on and keep our eyes focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen.